thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, everybody. If you love Jesus, say I do. Our homecoming uh, September 17th weekend is coming up. Here's the vision there. Uh, on that day, we're going we're gonna to celebrate that we're coming up on seven years. But uh, even more than that, we want to celebrate God at work in our midst. And so uh, on that day, uh, we're going to have baptisms, everybody. And so there's uh, people that have given their life to Jesus. And if you would like to be baptized, uh, you can go ahead and register for that because that's going to be a fun celebration after the celebration. So the way that you celebrate in Kansas City is you go to church, you eat barbecue, and you do baptisms. That's what we're going to do that day. So uh, make sure... And if you go, if you come to the early morning service, then uh, go eat your barbecue and come back, uh, celebrate some baptism, and then go watch the NFL. That's that's your day right there, everybody. So um, on September 17th, I want to make sure that you uh, lock in on that. And then just one more that I wanted to make you aware of. Uh, we uh, have September 20th, fun announcement, we will have our very first prayer meeting. It's going to be a Wednesday night, everybody. Our very first prayer meeting in our new prayer chapel in our new building, everybody. And so, yeah, that's really fun. And so uh, Nick and uh, a bunch of dream teamers have been working on that. And so, uh, okay, so that's just, a, so this is, this is real footage, everybody. We show you a lot of fake pictures around here. This is a real picture of what it really looks like, but it overlooks, uh, it's, it's where all the windows are. It's the prettiest part of the building is the prayer chapel. It's gonna be amazing. And so um, anyway, that's coming up September 20th. I'm elated. And so that, that will be a few things. One, we will bring back some childcare. So that's gonna be amazing. Uh, yeah, all right. Thank you, Rebecca. I got an amen from Rebecca. All right. And then we'll have um, an anointed worship team with Katie Reed and the team. So that's going to be incredible. And then in addition to that, we'll have coffee, everybody. And so, uh, and then you can pray the Bible. You can meet friends. You can just labor in the spiritual realm for God to be at work in our city. You'll be able to see rooftops. I'm telling you, what would you rather do on a Wednesday night than go to the prayer meeting? And so anyway, that's coming up September 20th. And uh, I might be the only one excited about that, except for Rebecca and Will, but uh, I can feel Will and we are that. So, so we had prayer meetings before we ever had church service. And so for, there, was, there was a long season where it was just like, see at the prayer meeting. Uh, and so anyway, that's, that's just good, clean fun and a real swell time on Wednesday nights. And um, I'm so excited. I, can you tell I'm excited? I'm so excited to bring that back. Um, so, hey, uh, that's it. Okay, that's all my announcements today. Um, you happy? You feel okay? Okay. All right, uh, when I did youth conferences, I would always ask uh, if the men were here or the women were here, but I would say, are, are the boys here or the girls here? So I just want to go youth conference for a moment. Um, men, are you here? Yeah. All right, that's good, all right. Ladies, are you here? Yeah. All right, okay, good, all right. That's good, all right. Welcome to eighth grade youth group, everybody. <laughs> hey, uh, here's the series that we're in. We're in this series called See the One. It's just this vision that I feel like... Uh, just the Lord dropped it in my heart to, to help us as we go into this new season, really in our new space, to, to invite us to see like he sees and to stop and care for the one. So we have so many moments where Jesus preaches uh, to crowds, which is beautiful. Um, and then we have these moments where Jesus uh, disciples the 12 or the 70s with a smaller group of people. And we want to do those things. So so we're committed on a Sunday. Here we are right here. This is uh, a crowd of people. We're committed. Nathan just talked about a moment ago about doing small groups, and we would invite you to that. But when we look at Jesus, in addition to crowds and in addition to small groups, we see Jesus with an eye, a focus, and the attention of the one hurting person. So Jesus had eyes for the one. So Jesus didn't just see crowds and he didn't just see the 12 that he was discipling. He had, we have these, all these stories of the one last week we were in John four. And so we talked about the woman at the well and this Samaritan woman, but he did it over and over again. We, we have the moment where he's with Zacchaeus or he sees the blind man or the moment where um, he sees the man who's dropped right in front of him. Uh, or or he, he has all these moments where he stops and he gives time and attention to the one. And I want to invite us uh, to, to have eyes like Jesus has. I want to invite you in 
probably a season um, of your life, if you're like me, where the temptation is to be so busy where we're always staring at a screen or we're staring at our calendar, our, our, our to-do list, all the tasks. I think that this part of the rhythms of Jesus is difficult for us to live, in part because of the age that we live in. And so I want to invite us in, in this series to stop and see the one. So today we're going to go Luke 7, and we're, we're just taking some of the stories of Jesus, and we're looking, and we're just drawing in these moments, and then we're saying, we're coming at the end, and we're saying, God, do this in me. All right, Luke chapter 7, uh, verse 36, it says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. And two people owned money to a certain money lender. One, owned, one owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of, of them will love him more? And Simon replied, mm, I suppose the one that I suppose. I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You can just feel it. I suppose. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and, to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. And you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And you did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. And you did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. And therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love was shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. And then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Father, we love you today. And we uh, ask, Lord Jesus, that you would do a work inside of our hearts, that we would care for the hurting, the poor, the outsider, the broken, that we would care for the people in Kansas City who are not easy to love. Uh, those that take extra grace, those people, Lord, that when we look at Jesus, he stopped and cared. Help us, Lord God, to have eyes for the one, the one who feels isolated, the one who has confusion, the one who's angry, the one who is uh, rejected by society. And God, we ask, Lord, that in a day where it's, it's be really easy for us to just be upward and up and to the right, just always working on um, more friends and more money and um, more hobbies and better recreation and more vacations and a better house. God, we ask that we would uh, have eyes like we see our, our Lord, Jesus, who stopped and saw the hurting, this sinful woman last week, this Samaritan woman, do a work inside of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. I took my family uh, to see uh, that movie, Jesus Revolution. And uh, so there we are, the six of us in the theater. And it really impacted us. We, we loved it. I don't have any memory uh, of our family uh, sitting through the credits uh, ever before where we get to the end and we just don't even move. And then all the lights come on and we're still seated there. And there's the people that come in to start to <laughs> clean up afterwards. Uh, and we were just so moved. We just, we just stayed seated. Like it would just, it moved us. And there's, there's so many great moments in it. And right now it's streaming on lots of different platforms. I'd encourage you to watch it. Um, but one of, the, one of the scenes that I love the most, there's a lot of them, but one of the scenes I loved the most, Jesus Revolution movie, was this moment where you have this preacher, Chuck Smith, and, and, and he's, he's seeing all of these young people uh, 
and, and it's, in, it's in the 70s and they're coming off drugs and they're coming out of uh, sexual immorality and some of them are still, uh, sh- still, still in the process. They're still finding freedom. They're still being transformed. They're, they're, not, they're not perfectly clean church people yet. And, uh, and they're filling up the rows in his little church in Southern California. And, uh, and, and so you see the tension in, in this movie. It's the tension of, of really the church people. That, that are used to everything neat, everything in order, everything the way that they like it, singing the songs that they want. And then there's, it's, it's two groups. It's, it's, it's one set of pews on this side. We don't have pews. I grew up with pews. Any pew people out there? Grew up with pews. There you go. Okay. Uh, pews on this side. There's pews on this side. There's one aisle down the middle. And uh, it's a great scene where, where, where there's all the church people on this side. And then there's all of the, the kids, it, it, kids, you know, in their 20s or so on this side. And then there's... Uh, then, there, then there's a bald preacher in the middle trying to figure out what to do with the problem. And he's, anyway, uh, and so I love this man. And so um, I loved him. Anyway, so, so, uh, so he's, he's, he's trying to figure it out. He's trying, to, he's trying to keep the peace. And then one of the older than him guys comes up to him and, and, and says to him, hey, listen, you're doing this wrong. Um, don't you get it? Uh, this is not good. I won't go through the speech, but he gives that vibe. And the preacher's kind of torn. He's trying to figure out what to do. And then there's the scene where he's decided he's going to embrace the kids who don't necessarily wear shoes and the kids who are coming off drugs. And the, the funny moment where he's talking about the drummer who's, who's literally going back to jail and uh, he's trying to figure that out. And so our drummer's not going to jail. So anyway, but just so you know, and, uh, and, and, and I love this moment where um, the guy that threatened him and said, hey, if you let, keep letting these, these kids come in, he said, the people who give, who pay the bills may not be around much longer, you know, kind of intimidate the preacher and, you know, and, and so the preacher stands up and he says, you guys are welcome. And he says that door and he points to the back of the church, that door is always open for you. And if there's any of you that don't like that, he said, well, the door works both ways and you're free to go, you know? And I was like, wow, okay. And so this dude stands up and he's bugged and he marches out, you know, and he's like, I'm not going to let these kids walk on their bare feet on our brand new shag carpet in the seventies because shag is cool. And he walks out of the church and then his buddy walks up and gets up and walks out with him. And then there's this older guy. uh, He's the oldest guy in the whole congregation. And he, he stands up and his two buddies have just walked out. He sees all the kids over there. And this is the moment that I love. This moment shocked me because I thought, all right, these are, this is going to be the story. It's the three old guys that walk out, right? It's like the three Pharisee triplets, right? They're walking out. This old guy, he stands up and he walks to the middle between the pews and he looks at the preacher and he looks at the kids and he turns around and he goes and he sits right, right in the middle of the kids. <laughs> and uh, sorry, uh, sorry. So, so here, here's what I loved. Here's what I love. Here's what I love. Sorry. Um, he's making, he, 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 here's the statement that he made. It was real. He was torn because songs that he liked, building that he paid for, friends that he had that are leaving and a bunch of kids that he doesn't know that mess up his comfort zone. But, but in, this, in the moment, he chooses. It's real because you can feel the tearing on the inside. And th- that's the tearing that's going on inside of Simon here. It's this, it's this, all right, I, 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 this, is what I, this is what I know. This is what I like. But the story of the kingdom, the story of what Jesus is doing is Jesus is taking broken, messed up sinners and he's, pr- he's bringing them into the kingdom and he's showing, Jesus shows us what God is like. So Jesus is God. And so when we, if you want to know what God is like, we look to Jesus and Jesus shows this love. And here's, it's a beautiful picture for here's Simon. Simon is a religious leader, Pharisee. Now we know that word Pharisee and we automatically kind of have a negative connotation, but this would have been a good man. This is a rule keeper. And here's the young rabbi from Galilee who the crowds are following, the crowds are listening to. Hey, I'm kind of a a Pharisee that is open to hospitality. I want to invite you into my home. We're going to take a moment. We're going to listen to you. Jesus reclines. He would have been kind of laying down and that's the way that they would have ate together. And this woman breaks in and she barges in. So this is not necessarily that she's invited. And this is, this is Simon's house. And she, she, she barges in, she breaks in. 
And she is, she's so undone with what Jesus means to her and who Jesus is that she's, she's weeping and she takes what she has. And most Bible scholars would say she was quite, quite possibly by using that word sinful woman in the town. It's, it's a nice way of saying that she was probably a prostitute. Whether she was or she wasn't, she had a, a bad reputation for sin. And so here's Simon and he's bugged by it. And he's saying, it's probably, I mean, here's Luke giving us that he speaks to himself. So is he, is he muttering? Is he saying it quietly? Because he, there's a response. It's probably kind of quiet. This, if, if Jesus, if this man knew who she was, he's got this irritation. There's a gap, it's a frustration. It's really a spiritual pride, but he's bugged by the woman. And this Luke seven, this is a famous story. This is actually the story of probably 10 different sermons. You probably heard them, probably read it's, a, it's, a, it's certainly a story with lots of worship songs, right? Because it's the story of the woman who pours out all she has on the feet of Jesus. It's the story of, I, I pour out all my worship. It's a great Lindy song, actually, real popular right now. It's a, it's a, it's a song, it's, it's chapters of books. It's, it's the idea, I, I give my whole life to Jesus. I grew up with an alabaster box where it was where we were gonna give all that we have. So it's, it's a great worship. It's, it's a great giving sermon. You know, like I give it all, it all belongs to God. But I, I, don't, wanna, I don't wanna do like a worship sermon. And I, I don't really wanna do a giving sermon. I, 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 all I wanna do is I just wanna ask you one question. I wanna invite you to just one idea today. I wanna read Luke 7 and I wanna just ask, do you identify more with Jesus or with Simon? Like in reality, when it comes to the broken, hurting, sinful people that God has called us to reach, how close are you? How close am I? Like when it comes to people that disrupt, and, and, and really in our context, that they might not necessarily interrupt uh, your church service or come over to your house, or maybe they do. But do you identify with a gratitude for a repentant sinner where that brings joy to your heart in a powerful way? When we read Luke 15, that heaven rejoices when one sinner, one lost sheep, one lost coin, one lost son is found and heaven rejoices. Does that cause you to rejoice where there's enthusiasm, joy? Or over the course of time, do we become more comfortable as we slowly distance ourselves as we find freedom, as we're more transformed, as our behavior patterns get less and less like sinners? Because I think that uh, as we mature, as we age, meaning you've been a Christian now for months, years, decades, maturity doesn't look like becoming more like Simon. Maturity looks like coming more like Jesus. Yeah, wow, and it's easy for us to be just like Simon, where it's been years since we've celebrated or been close to that's the intriguing thing about Jesus. Jesus um, had, the, had these sinful people that liked him. So Jesus didn't condone sin, but the sinful people wanted to be around him. So, so Jesus was in the world, but there was no world in him. So Jesus was out among them, knew them, hung out enough to be where he had a reputation of being a friend of sinners and tax collectors. So I just want to invite us to rework our mindset, our time frame, the way that we live, to try to be as much like Jesus as we can. And I think that it's tempting for you and me as we mature to not even mean to. And I don't say that, I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. This is something that God's doing in me. So what God's doing in me, I'm just bringing it to you. Because I think it's easy for you and me to actually, if we were really honest, get to where, man, we have figured out how to have a garage that we drive into and we don't see the neighbors. We, we, we figured out how to have an app to get everything that we need so they don't have to be around people. We, we, we figured out a way. And of course, all of us would love a, a, a worship service where, you know, we've got an incredible worship team and, 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 and we can meet some friends and we've got great coffee or even a small group where we get to ask questions where it's about, where it's about, I've got spiritual growth and I love spiritual growth. We're all about it. But the thing about 
Jesus, who we're trying to be like, is that Jesus was intentional. Jesus responded to the people who are the most broken, the most sinful, the most messed up. And I just want to invite us to ask the question, as I mature in Christ, am I becoming more judgmental or am I becoming more loving? Because spiritual maturity, Christian maturity, the process of getting uh, flourishing over time in your spiritual life does not mean that the gap gets bigger and that I'm a little bit more bugged by the behavior gap between me and that person. So, so I've, I've, I, man, you struggle with that. Man, I've, I've been years without struggling that. And I've got, I figured out how to get my life all. Instead, Christian maturity is we become more and more transformed into the image of Christ where we become more separate unto God. And when we're separate unto God, it means we go right back in, in an incarnational way. And we love the hurting and the broken. So we're going in to be with them and we know them and we talk with them and we pray, we care about their future and we're becoming more loving rather than more judgmental. I, I look at just the response of Simon and Simon has this, if he only knew, it's this bugged, it's this irritation. If, if Jesus knew who this woman was. And so I would say it's almost like putting on glasses on how you see the world. Because you'll either see, see, see sinners like Simon did. And ultimately, this is where you're really, you're really proud of how far you've come. How, 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 how much you're, you're less like the sinful woman. And this is my house and she's come in and she's messed this up. And here I've got Jesus coming to my house and you're gonna come in and you're gonna, you're gonna disrupt the moment. You're disrupting my plan. That's what sinners do. They're gonna disrupt our plans. And, and it's interesting because even in this text in Luke 7, you see Jesus, he's dealing with the people that come by him. He's dealing one-on-one with these different people and he's, 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 work, he's working with each one. And that's what I want you to know. As you follow Jesus and as you seek to walk with God and listen to what he's telling you to do. And then you're living your life in a broken and dark world. There's gonna be people at the grocery store. There's gonna be people at the gym. There's gonna be people at, 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 at the store. There's gonna be people that sit at the cubicle next to you. And there's gonna be people and it's gonna take time. It's gonna take work. It slows you down. You are less American because you're more Christ-like. Meaning in, in the American world, I, 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 I'm trying to win friends and influence people. I'm trying to uh, get better up. I'm trying to get, get, help my life get better. But in the Jesus world, the lowly and the hurting can stag my time and my money. The broken ones, I, I'll, I'll actually go, what's <laughs> down and to the left. You know, like I'll actually like, I'll actually stop and care. I just want to invite us to slow down, be like Jesus, notice, have eyes for the one. Have eyes for the one like Jesus. Jesus doesn't see a category. Jesus sees a person. Easy for you and me to see a category. Ah, this person, this, ah, they bug me. Ah, All of you, you're all the same. But there's moments where Jesus stops. He sees him. So we stop. We see him. We give him some of our, our, our attention. We care. This is Jesus. This is what Jesus is like. He doesn't condone the sin. Nope, Jesus was without sin. Jesus is the spotless lamb. But these sinful people, I'm just, I'm just telling you, there's something about them that they wanna be, uh, about, that sinners wanna be around him. So as you spend time with God in these 21 days and you're getting out your prayer journal and we're reading these articles and we're spending time with God, one of the things I wanna invite you to is just this, Jesus, I wanna become so like you. And one of the ways is that somehow I'm the kind of person that these hurting, broken, messed up people, they wanna be around. What does that look like? What would have to change inside of you for that to be true? What would have to change for for that to be something that could could be a story about each one of us? Because we wanna be a church that looks like Jesus and Jesus, Jesus is looking at 
internal motive more than he's looking at this external behavior. He's looking at her and he's, Jesus is actually, Jesus takes the very thing that bugs Simon and he praises it. Isn't that wild? The very thing that's, that's bugging him, bugging Simon, Jesus is celebrating because Jesus is looking inside the heart and going, ah, here's a woman who's transformed. As we, um, I, I, I've been a Christian a long time. I, I, um, I, I think I, 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 you know, 30 something years. And this is easy to preach. This is hard to live, but I want to, I want to live this. I, I want to be someone that, that all the external behavior that falls so short doesn't cause me to just be bugged by the category of people that fall short. Instead, to know people's names, to care about their story, to try to look with eyes like Jesus, to see the one. Um, and I think it's easy for us. And, and who knows, even as, we, even as God's doing a, a work and we're uh, celebrating, hey, one day we're gonna have our own building. I just dream of a place where there's so many people that go to the church that love the hurting, the poor, the broken, the, the people that out on the margins like Jesus, that it's a place where those people wanna come. It's a place where those people, when they come, they, they, they can't even necessarily put words to it, but they're around people that are life-giving rather than life-sucking. There's people that are, are, are filled with the life of Jesus. And over time, they'll eventually say, there's something about those people. They're, they're like Jesus. And that'll, that's, gonna, that's gonna cost us time, money, um, attention, gentleness, mercy, in a culture that is clean and tight and tidy and on to the next thing. When I was um, in junior high and high school, uh, uh, my parents had to deal with the reality of suddenly ha- having triplet teenagers. So you think you have a hard life. Imagine on the same day uh, you, had, you had triplet teenagers. And uh, all of us were a little bit different, uh, but all of us had a lot of friends. And one of the things I loved about my parents is that my parents turned our house into a place um, where, where kids were allowed to come and teenagers. In fact, the teenage, all of our friends loved to be at our house. It, it, it was a place where um, somehow my parents had this lens where instead of being bugged by the triplets, cray cray teenage friends, you know, it was the, it was the, it was the early 90s. My parents actually promoted it. So when you came over to, if I, if, if, if I go over to my friend's house, it's white carpet, there's nothing in the fridge, and it's, uh, I'm a little bit nervous about their parents. Sorry for being too loud, right? But if you go over to the Perkins house with David, Dana, Deborah, you know, and their, and their cray-cray friends, it's Doritos, it's three liters. My mom would just fill us. I was soda all the time. I mean, get the teenagers full of caffeine and sugar. And, and it, was, it, was, it was available. It was easy. It was life-giving. And, it was, and, and so my parents not just, they, they didn't just have like um, an, open, an open house uh, that was available. It was also getting to know our friends. So before we could drive, it was driving to pick up all these kids to take them to church in the neighborhood. And here's what I want you to see. It was this, it was this culture where, where we, no, we, we, we love these. Now, Deborah had popular kids. Dana had like Christian friend kids. She was the good one. And then I was, I, I had the cray cray friends, like anybody that'll be friends with David, you know, and, 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 and so, but it was a culture in the house that was, you're welcome. We're gonna, we're gonna care for you. Actually, I got a DM um, eight days ago from a guy from that era, 1991. And he said, hey, just wanted to reconnect with you. Blah, 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 blah. But really, I just wanna know, how's your dad doing? Just wanted to, <laughs> I, that is a true story. I'll show it to you. It's a real DM. I just got it. But here's what that says to me, okay? We were eighth grade. All right, I hadn't gone through puberty yet. He still had chest hair. I mean, it was crazy. But, but it, was, it was nuts. Not still had chest hair. He already had chest hair. That's what I was trying to say. And, 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 and it, was, it was all over the place, but there was eyes and compassion for the one. In fact, my mom doesn't speak a whole lot of Spanish, but she would say to all my friends, mi casa es su casa, right? Like that was, that was, the, that was the culture. So I, I, I just want to invite us to in a greater way than we even are right now. And I know you say, David, this is already in me. Okay, great. Let's get stronger. Let's, let, 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 let's, get, let's get to where... Um, the people that know you would say, you're a lot like Jesus. The people that know David, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a to-do guy. I'm like, I, I, I tend to like, vroom, 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 right? 
but, but this is what I'm asking the Lord to do in me. I'm asking the Lord, okay, God, do this inside of my heart. Um, and so we have this dream um, that, we, that Radiant would be a place where lost people that don't know, that are, that are far from God, that are the sinners of our day, that fit the category where Simon would say, ugh, in our day, who are those people? And we, we dream of a place where lost people are rescued, rescued from sin. Jesus saves them. And then those rescued people, they get transformed. They become more like Christ over time. And then those transformed people, they're filled with the power of God, know their spiritual gifts, and they go from transformed to empowered. It's not, it's not just behavioral. There's a supernatural work inside of them. And those, those spiritually empowered, those empowered by the Holy Spirit become the way that I say it, is those empowered people become radiant. They become filled with the, the light of God. And there's something about their life that the, the people see them and say, wow, and praise their father in heaven. Wow, I see God inside of you. There's a real work inside of you. And it's gonna, it, it, but it's gonna take you and me willing to be transformed, become more like Jesus. I got this text this week on Monday. I've been dialoguing with this guy and uh, he said, uh, he, st- he was telling me the story of a step that he took with his friend um, who's not a follower of Jesus. But here he is, he's a business owner, Johnson County. Uh, he's got a boat, he's just like you. He's got a truck, he's, he's, he's a cool guy, he's in his 40s. And what I loved is that he's taking uh, this, this lost friend, this friend that he, he's wanting to come to know Jesus, is taking up mental energy. He's actually um, working on reading a book that helps people who are currently saying no to the faith. The whole purpose of the book is, is just to get them to this place. It's not, it's not Christian behavior. It's not, it's not spiritual maturity. It's just from, from it's getting the pre-disciples, people who don't know Jesus yet, to get to where they say, okay, I'm ready to step over that line and say yes to Christ and let Christ save me. That's, and so he's working on that book. So he sends me this text this week and I given this text back and say, hey, great job. That's so exciting. And then I just love this. I just wanted to read it to you because listen to this text. He says, Jesus gets the credit. I think I just happened to interact with his plan. LOL, dot, 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 dot. I've been one of the worst. Now, here's what I love about that. I love the, I've, I've been one of the worst. And as I was listening to that testimony, I just thought that phrase, I've been one of the worst, is a part of what motivates him to tell his story and help his friend come to know Jesus now. Yeah. It's that, 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 that worldview, that perspective is still in his head. So it wasn't, hey, I've been doing this a long time and I've got evangelism skills. It, 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 it was, it was I'm, I'm, I'm one of the worst. I, I've, been, I've been one of the worst. When we look at Paul, Paul, over the course of his spiritual maturity, that confession gets louder and louder in his writings. Listen to Paul in AD 55, uh, 1 Corinthians 59. I'm gonna read three different texts as he gets older, all right? He says this, for I am the least of the apostles. So he says, I'm the least of the apostles. Here's the apostles that walked with Jesus. Acts chapter nine, my encounter with Jesus. Theophany moment came a little bit later. So I am, for I am the least of the apostles and do not deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. So he starts off, you know, I'm the least of, of the apostles. But then in Ephesians 3, AD 60, so about five years later, according to Bible commentators, it's about five years later, writing to the church in Ephesus, he refers to himself again. And he says, although I am less than the least of all of, God, of the Lord's people. So now he's a little, now his perspective of himself is, okay, he's going a little bit lower. This grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. But then as you get even later, as he writes to Timothy, about AD 63, he's coming down towards the end in a prison cell. He says this in 1 Timothy 1.15. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. So I'm the least of the apostles to I'm the least of the Lord's people to I'm the worst of sinners. And I, I think um, you and me, 
if you can actually believe in the story that you are the sinful woman, the prostitute that Jesus saved. You're the one that can't get enough of what Jesus has done for you. You're the one that goes, I, I, am, I am blown away by salvation. I once was dead and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord, and he saved me. My kids have this song that they play on Alexa all the time. You saved me, you saved me. And I love the song because what it's ultimately saying is, I, I, I just can't, I can't get over the story. Here I was, broken, messed up, Lord of my own life. Dependent, not on his omniscience, but on my own brain. Not on his omnipotence, but on my own strength and what I can bench press. <laughs> Dependent on me. My own righteousness. Never was, has never been, will, could never be on my own enough. But because of Christ, Jesus, he took me from death to life, from blind to sight. And Jesus saved me. And as that remains fresh in our hearts, as that remains, I'm the, I, I'm, I'm the worst. Uh, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the chief of sinners. And Jesus has saved me. And that story in your own story, that what Jesus has done for you is it never gets old. As that is in your brain, in your heart, on your tongue, it helps you to go fish, to go be a disciple maker to go help people. I love the way my dad says it. He says pre-disciples. So they're not disciples yet. We got a vision for them to be radiant disciples of Jesus, but they're, they're still pre-disciples. It's got, I got faith for them to come to Jesus one day. So I wanna give you just a few ideas, practical, as you kind of work on it. Number one, I wanna invite you to give calendar time to reach lost people. I don't know if that means that you just fill in margin in your day. So it takes you know, this long to get your work done, but you're gonna, you're gonna put in some space for there to be margin to have conversations in the cubicles or at the university in the, I don't know. Or, 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 or maybe it's at the gym that you work, but, but I wanna invite you to get before God as you're just sitting there. And right now you're spending time with Jesus every day for 21 days. But just where, where is the space? Where is this in my life, God? Because um, this is what you're doing. Like I live in the great commission era. You're about right now, people that don't know God coming to know God in this. There's going to be a day where we will all be in heaven. And that this, this voluntary season of making disciples is over. But right now we've been given, go into the world, preach the good news, take the good news of the gospel to the world. So that's the era that you live in. So that's, that's what he's invited you to be a part of. That's the season in history that we're in. So I would say in this season where there's so many demands and you have such an abundance. So maybe different eras. Uh, maybe in the 1950s, there was an era where you sat out on the porch and drank lemonade. That, that's gone. Like we live, and then you got to stream every show just to say, stay relevant. And you got to keep up with the news. And you got, I have 47,000 emails unread on a little button right there. Ah, right. I have 25 million text messages I've never even read before, right? Like it's I, it, the temptation to fall behind, to do everything. If, if you, if we don't, if we, if we don't make a decision to give it calendar time, it, it, it'll, it'll get lost. And this will just sound like an annoying preacher on a Sunday. But, but, but if this is your story, if there's somebody that you, you can say proper names, this is the person that I'm praying for. This is, this is what heaven rejoices over. Then on a Sunday, this sounds, sounds like a rally call. Like, woohoo, yeah, this is what I'm about. Yeah, and I saw so-and-so give their life to Jesus back in 2019. And I'm praying, oh, 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 oh David, you're, you're using illustrations about a guy that's given a, you know, reading a book with somebody. Let me, let me tell you about, this is what the Lord is doing in me. And let me tell you about the seven different people that God's called me to reach. To schedule first what matters most. And in these 21 days, we're scheduling being alone with God. And I wanna invite you, welcome. 
21st century America, we got a lot on our plates. Okay, in that process, just come before God. Say, I'm going to actually give these three people that I'm praying that they would come to know Jesus. And I know that they can interrupt my time. In fact, I'm going to generously give to them. The guy I'm referring to bought him a book. Business owner, working hard. He's got hobbies. He's, he's, he's got a boat. He's got, he's got three kids. He's a busy guy. He's not some bored guy just trying to, you know, like, oh, that's for some religious guy out there. That No, this is, this is a guy that he's got as much to do as you've got to do. He's got all these guys working for him. He's a busy guy. And he's working on the one. The one that he's praying for. The one that he's texting me about. The one that he's reading books. He's trying to learn himself. He's trying to work on his own story. He's, trying, he's doing all he can. He's working on the one. You know what he's doing? He's looking like a shepherd for a sheep that's lost. He's trying to be like Jesus in his generation, in Johnson County, in a day where nobody's got time to go look for lost sheep or to go fishing. You know, Jesus actually said that. He said, when, he, when he's looking at the disciples, he actually says to them, um, Follow me and I will make you into fishers of men. So he's using their language. You're, you're fishing. I'm going to turn you into something. Because we look at this and we go, oh, I hate evangelism sermons. Why? Because they're uncomfortable. And we're Americans. What we love more than anything is comfort and convenience. But here's the privilege. The very nature of getting out of our comfort zone and caring about the souls of other people is actually a privilege that will bring far more joy than your life being filled with comfort and convenience. You'll actually find greater delight and greater joy when that person says, I have decided, Jesus, save me. And you'll cry and you'll have worked on it and you'll have been praying and you'll have been believing with God and you'll have labored in the spiritual realm. Their name is written and highlighted in your prayer journal over and over and over again. And I'm just telling you, You might have a little bit smaller portfolio, but you'll have greater joy. And a billion times, a billion years, you will look back and you'll never look back and say, oh, I wish I had two boats. I wished I would have streamed more cable news. You will stand with your friend around the throne for years and years and going, what's up? I have no regrets. Come on. If I had to do it over again, I might invest more of my life into what Jesus invested in his life. And I want to be like Jesus and help the poor, the hurting, the broken. And I'm not even saying necessarily financially. I'm just, if they don't know Jesus, they're, they're broke. If they don't know Jesus, ah, now that, that's, what, that's what life's about. So you're saying, all right, I'm going after them. One, give calendar time. Two, pray. I want to invite you to pray for at least three people. I know last week I said one, uh, and now I have had a week to pray about it more. I'm getting more gusto. Pray for three. Next week it'll be seven. (laughs) Write their names. Know their names. Follow them on socials. Comment on... DM them. Know them. Buy them books. Take them out for lunch. Put yourself in their position and say, if I were them, what would I just want somebody to do for me? If you aim at everybody, you probably might hit nobody. I did a youth conference in 2009 and the video promoting it was a, a guy that was glowing. And in retrospect, now I hate that video. You know, that's how half of us are, like the work that we used to. Because I, I don't think any of us just kind of like glow. Oh, I'm saved. I, I, think, I, think, I think it's actually the way, that the decisions that we make and the way that we live our lives that people go, thank you. I felt that tangible love. I was telling, I used to tell... Uh, I used to tell teenagers, when you grow up to be a licensed pastor, you have to go through a process. I had worked through um, college, working on theology degrees, and there was this whole licensing process. 
And I was like, but here's the good thing about being a ninth grader. In ninth grade, you can be the pastor of your middle school and you can just license yourself. <laughs> like nobody cares. Like you can, just, you can just say, I am the pastor of Johnson Middle School. I am, you, you can just, you can just, here, you can just pray over yourself and just decide. You just, you, you just be it, right? I was talking to a lady this week where she was talking about how she's the pastor of her CrossFit gym. Not official, she just, <laughs> she just licensed herself, you know? Paul kind of talks that way. He says, I, I like the way he says, I did not talk to any man. I just, and I just want to invite you, okay? I, you, you, work at, you work at the hospital. You, 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 work, you work in the real estate agent. Be the pastor of that place. Yes, Lord, that's... Pray, look for ways to pray for them, to serve them, to care for them. Know their name. Work on it. Amen. Yeah, but David, if I give time and attention to love and serve people, I'll have less time for myself. I know. So did your master. Sinful woman barges in. My temptation, your temptation is always to be Simon. Jesus didn't get irritated with the woman. He got irritated with Simon. Simon, what's your deal? Can you imagine in the first century saying to the host, you didn't host me as well as this prostitute? That won't go over well. Well, you didn't, you didn't give me what she's, you gave me four star service. She's given five. I just want to invite you one, man, give it calendar time to pray for them. I'll teach on that another time because I've gone long. I have a whole thing on how to pray for the lost. We'll do it another day. Um, I'll just give you one. Here's just this one. This is one of my faves. Just pray this. Second Corinthians 4, 4. Pray, pray against the spirit that blinds their minds. Second Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Just start with this. Just God, I pray that they would see the light. Just take one. Another day, we'll do a whole seminar on praying for, for people that need to come to Jesus. But just take that. Pray that. And then I just want to invite you to share your story with people that don't know Jesus. Get your story to where you can, you can tell your, your gospel story, your salvation story, better than you can tell your most embarrassing moments, your Enneagram number, or how you met your spouse. We got all these stories over small talk. Best story you can develop, work on it. Most of us are not natural orators. So we think, oh, I'm out of the evangelism game. I don't even, you don't even like the word evangelism. I say that and some of you cringe. You're like, oh, preacher preached on evangelism today. Ah. Because most of you, when you say evangelist, you think of someone on TV. I mean, if I say the word evangelist in one sense, the stereotypical sense, I think of a guy came to our church, black hair, smoothed the back, had shoes, no socks, looked good, thin, mm, good preacher. But he wasn't somebody that wanted to bring my friends around. But if I think of the evangelist that actually shared Jesus with me, he didn't have Big black hair, looked like Elvis, with white shoes on a stage. He sat with me. He's quiet. He bought me shoes. He loved me. He listened to me. He cared. And I wanted what he had. We're not going to see people come to know Jesus because we're going to bring in slick evangelists that look like Elvis going to see people come to know Jesus because we have people that go into every university, every junior high, every real estate office, every Nordstrom rack, every Chipotle. We scatter every week. We're kind. 
We ask questions. We pray. We give calendar time. We listen. We buy them books. We DM them encouraging ideas. We text them. We know them. We have time for them. We see the one. We've got a few people. Not everybody. But you got a few. And if you get a few, and 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 if you get a few, and you get a few, 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 the nets won't be able to contain the boat sinking harvest of fish. We'll see miracles, love stories, and it'll be messy. It'll be messy around here. People be, I mean, but guys, we're not. We're not going to have shag carpet or stained glass windows, so we don't care anyway. It's just going to be a gymnasium. We'll see God bringing people in Kansas City that need Jesus. Will you bow your heads with me? Pray for one right now. Prayer meeting time. Labor in the spiritual realm for one. Just one. One son-in-law. one person at your work that needs Jesus. One brother. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we're lifting up hundreds of people right now. And we pray, oh God, We, our little actions will fall so short. But we want to be faithful. But if you would just break in. And we pray that the God of this age that blinds the minds would be gone. And that Jesus, the eternal light, Jesus, would you open their eyes to see. Open our eyes to see them and open their eyes to see you. If you're in the room today and you would say, you're the sinner. You're the one that's so hurting and so broken. And today you see a God like that, a Jesus who loves the hurting, saves sinners, came to seek and save the lost. And today you say, I want him to be my savior. Save me. He can change your life. He can rescue you out of the pit and the pain that you're in and give you a hope of heaven. Give you a relationship that'll change you forever.